Custard. Like, what was the custard? Yes, we're custard, custard-based life forms. <laughs> Most uh, dessert-based uh, uh, fauna. Fauna, dessert-based fauna. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On your planet. Yes. Sure. 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 Um, but sh- don't tell anyone, because no. if anyone finds out about this, uh, I actually come out of the headphones and speakers and eat you internally out first. And you become internal custard. Um, you become custard. Yeah, you, you, you have an internal custard. Intern- internalness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dude, you guys are nuts. I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep up with this. <laughs> You're the one who's talking about custard, not me. <laughs> it's the alien from another planet. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Central European planet. Um, <laughs> it's a planet, right? Well, shall we start then? Sure. Hello and uh, welcome to the podcast. You're going to talk uh, in that voice a lot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Gabor. Hey, I'm Alex. Are we actually starting? Yes, of course sure. we're starting. Okay. We're already a minute and 33 in. <laughs> Talking about custard <laughs> life forms. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> This is this started off well. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Please make sure to subscribe. Uh, do the thing that you always do, where you well that some people do that we always ask you to do, where you take a photo of whatever it is, whatever it is you're looking at as you're listening to this. Um, big thank you to all the guys that send in photos and stuff. Yep. Guys like Ram and Hugh and all those guys. Big thank you to you guys. Very cool. Um, uh, also, quickly before we start, don't forget there's a. Uh, Giveaway happening right now, the cast engineering, what's it called? Gypsy Haze. Gypsy Haze, Fuzz, Octavia kind of thing giveaway. So if you want to win it, uh, go to our YouTube channel. Um, Hashtag Gypsy Haze, please. Yes, but there's a video so you can see all the the, um, instructions. And we actually did a thing also. If you leave us a review on iTunes Mm. in the month of September 2018, you will also be entered into the competition. So go to iTunes, leave us a review. A good review. Bad reviews will be uh, not entered. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, yeah. So on that note, uh, we have Brad here. Hello. Hello, Brad. For round two. Round two, yes. We did this last week and my SD card died halfway through. Yeah. And I didn't know because the screen thingy was facing the other way, but now the screen thingy is facing this way. So I can see. See, if, we learned something. We've le- we all never stop learning. Custard yeah. life forms and... Uh, mm. Screen thingies. So they're, they're never going to hear the really good interview. This the really is good one was the, the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This crappy is, getting through it. Yeah. Sort of, this know. is the no one really wants to be here, but there's <laughs> contractual obligations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by Alex's face. Right yeah. Now. Alex doesn't want to be here. Oh, um, it's my house. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got Brad here. Thanks for being on the show for the second time. You're welcome. And sorry about last week, but yeah. It's oh, still, good. It's just, fun. Hanging out's fun anyway. Yeah. So what we started talking about last week and actually finished talking about last week, what we did, we, we've was done. Brad. We were talking about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was here. Yeah. So those who weren't here last week at my yes. house. Yes. What we did, we, we did a video, which we're going to do probably part two of today. Yeah. Where we have the blow. Which the is Zorg effect blow. A uh, big thank you to... From France. G- Gabriel. Gabriel in, in France, who yeah. sent us out uh, the blow, which is a... 
It's a mic preamp pedal, which has a guitar effects loop built in. Yes. So the idea is you can run mic signal through guitar pedals very easily yep. and successfully. So the way we had, um, Brad's a drummer, by the way. <laughs> so we had his um, snare mic going through a um, the blow with various effects pedals on. Yep. And a kick mic and an overhead mic that was dry be recorded as well. So that's the setup. And it sounded great. And it sounded really good. We started off with <clears throat> some relatively normal effects. Like reverbs. Yeah. The um what's it called? The reverberation the, machine. The rever yeah, Death Bow Audio. And then we got slightly crazier and crazier. Quickly crazier and crazier. Yes. With um some filters and the auto bit. The auto bit was cool. The the Cobra Commander was I think that's my favourite. Listening back to it, that was the coolest sounding yeah. anymore. The the Mammoth Machine Cobra mm. Commander. Got into Synth World. And listening back to it when I bounced the audio out from the other day, mm. it's really interesting because even though like this kit would have setups fairly big drums and sizes, it's only like maybe really the whole thing's in the diameter of like a meter space. Mm -hmm. So you get all this bleed into the snare mic to, that tri triggers the effects as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, it was fun. Very musical. Yeah. Like... Um, like the off-axis bleed from the hi-hats was triggering. The hi-hats sounded filter. so good and so with some of the stuff because it, it was sort of like a it triggered a different sound because I guess it's much quieter. Yeah, um, it's not close mic. Not well. close mic. So it, it, I thought it sounded really it was good. Cool. I, I think was, it was hoping good, it sounded good, but it sounded better than I was. It was a good move too, just to do the snare thing because mm. um, it was a little more dynamic. Because if imagine if we had it on the hats close mic, I think it would have been way too overpowering for yeah. some of that stuff. And now we're just yeah. getting you know. Yeah, the the threshold was nice for some of these effects. Yeah, yeah cool. so we might do some more today. I brought a, a, a Qtron and oh, yeah. a couple of other things, and Sweet. I think you brought a few things. Yeah, the count to five. I think oh. that one's going to be pretty wild. Oh, so yeah. you know about? I don't actually know about the count to five. Count to five. It's cool. It's very cool. What what is it? Uh, I think the company is called Montreal Assembly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a pro on this pedal at all, but. Uh, one of my friends told me about it a few years ago. He's a guitarist in a pretty cool band. And he said I should check it out for sound design stuff. Um, so it kind of, it's kind of like a mini loop. It has a buffer in it. There's a bunch of different modes, but you sort, sort of like it holds something in a little cloud space or buffer and loops little bits and pieces. So it's kind of in the granular realm but on a smaller scale um it's very cool I, I like running keys through it piano sounds awesome because it just sounds like a weird loop oh, drums will does sound some glitchy crazy. stuff doesn't it does like, some glitchy stuff yeah. it, i think it's all about how short the little buffer is but yeah right it's a lot quieter now yeah wow. there goes the fan uh, only fan yeah <laughs> biggest fan um yeah, I've heard a lot about. I've never yeah. tried it, but I've heard a lot about it. It's it's sort of like an odd, odd, really short delay thing, and but there's a couple of them in there. Or something a, like yeah, that. there's a couple different modes. Again, I'm not a pro, but it it does pitch up and down a little bit, and you can reverse things and all the little grains and stuff. You can move around, but it's very cool. Because uh, hmm. I, I think I, I've watched some videos on it, and I think a few people sort of say it's one of those pedals when you think you've kind of worked it out 
all of a sudden it'll do something that is completely different. Oh, yeah, work. man. It's sort of like a ran- almost random pedal. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, Interesting. But, yeah, it'd be cool to try it out. I'm I think really our drum is going to sound pretty wild. Yeah. Cool. That's fun. Excellent. Any other toys you brought? I brought the Old Blood Noise Delay, which... No, I can't. Black Fountain? Black Fountain. Brought that. And then a cool... That's a cool delay. Um, Walrus Audio. Um, they're buddies of mine, so I brought one of the Reverbs. Cool. Um, the Descent, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that thing's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, it's way, way more than a reverb, so I think it's going to sound pretty wild. Cool. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I was I was super happy with the way it turned out. It, and I sort of did a rough edit of the video because it goes for like an hour and a bit. Um, so I've got <laughs> no to chop it up a bit. No one to see an hour. <laughs> no one. I did. It was great. It was really cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, man. It'll be cool. Um, I'll do I'll do a rough rough sort of edit and mix. I was going to bring it today actually, but I didn't. I ran out of time. Wow. Just do a rough thing. Yeah, but we'll do it before yeah. before I um I put it up. I'll I'll give it to you or something. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll catch up again. So and... We can edit everything and make it sound like I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> do that. Just send the file to me first. <laughs> <laughs> Got to run it through cool. uh, management. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Very good. Actually. Do we even try just a straight distortion or fuzz? No, we haven't yet. No. Let's try fuzz on it as well. Well, we can try whatever we want. Yeah. It's got the um, super fuzz, which is really thick. Cool. It's, it's like a kind of 70s, sorry, 60s kind of retro sounding fuzz, but it's super thick and fat and bottom end. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we're going to try that. So stay tuned. There's a video of that coming up. Soon, let's just say that. <laughs> I'm not quite soon. sure when, but soon. <laughs> Definitely soon. Definitely soon. Definitely uh, in September sometime, mm. I'd say. So, cool. um, all right. But now let's talk uh, for the second time about Brad. <laughs> we did last week. No, we don't have to. Well, he, he <laughs> talked about himself last week. Uh, let's, let's talk about him again now. Uh, so you play drums. Play drums, yes. And, and uh, what... Region of Australia is your accent from? <laughs> this region is pretty unique to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm from Michigan, um, and my wife's Australian, so we ended up here. Love it here. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in the States and uh, started a band with my cousin and some friends when I was just a kid, and that has just kind of snowballed and... Twelve years later, I'm still in that band, so that's what I do. Oh, cool! <laughs> and that, that with the distance, that works all right. Like with you being here, yeah, and being it's over there? It, it's definitely been a learning process. The whole thing is kind of um, obviously we never expected it to become a job, never, ever. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate in that way. But yeah, we've had to adjust to changes as we've gotten older. So we all live pretty far apart now. No one lives in the same city anymore, so in that way it's difficult, but it just takes uh, a lot more d- deliberation. You need mm. to plan things well in advance to make it happen. But yeah, it's good. Our manager's mm. amazing. He's a really good friend. He's actually in England, so we're really spread out. <laughs> but yeah, um, yes. he does a really, really good job um, keeping things working smoothly and um he's a very very organized person and what's up kirk yeah he's good cool cool that's what you need in 
that you do of you need it. especially team, team especially team. us we're we're a weird bunch of people and <laughs> i think all musicians are but yeah yeah he, he's very good at um keeping things level and keeping people on task and focused and it is tough when you're not seeing mm. the, the people you work with every single day i think communication becomes a pretty big issue because um it's very easy for us in this room to have a conversation about something and just decide, yep, we're doing the podcast. Cool. It's yeah. happening. But when you've got five people, different parts of the world, time zones, time zones, time zones and yeah. anything else, yeah. emails and organizing, um, you know, FaceTime stuff. Yeah. It is everything that would take five minutes takes much longer. So Couple days, yeah. it's very crucial. But yeah, Kirk's great. So it cool. works for now. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's um definitely that kind of having all the right personalities to make the whole you do show yeah. move on. I think but, as time goes on too, you sort of fall into your role and realize what works and what doesn't work and like I said before, and, we've we've had to adjust yeah. to a lot of different changes as yeah. you get older. Mm. And you're a kid and you start a band, it's just for fun and yeah. You know, and then at some point, you maybe have to decide. We did have to decide. Do we want to keep doing this? Yes. Okay. Well, what needs to happen to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I guess that becomes the the business side of the music industry mm-hmm. or yeah. music business. Yeah, you gotta because um, there's obviously people that are like I think it's the left right brain balance. Yep. Some people are very one way or the other, so you kind of need both sides of the the coin. To oh, exactly. Because yeah. if if you're making amazing music and no one knows about you, then you yeah. still got to make coffee for a living. Yeah. But if you can sell the crap out of your band and your band sucks, that's not good either. Right. <laughs> so, that's a, a fine line. And yeah, you're right. It, 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 I think especially for our band, it, it's been a battle, kind of like staying true to ourselves, but also taking the appropriate steps needed to grow as a band. Mm. So we, I think, I, I, I always respect bands that have had kind of a slow build because I firmly believe the longevity lasts. Yeah, mm. for sure. Rather mm. than just blowing up overnight. We've taken a long time to get to the modest level that we're at. But I I'm feel proud of that. And mm. I think it, it has helped our band last this long because, you know, it's been a slow build. Mm. I really do think that's something important that um, a lot of the music industry, especially now, doesn't appreciate or doesn't. No one talks about that. You, you hear people all the time or living in L.A. or whatever, just trying to make it as a musician. You can't see the air quotes I'm doing, but. <laughs> Yes, there's a place for that, but I think there's a huge misconception of what steps need to be taken to get to that point. Um, yeah. It's how long the steps take to. And it does. It takes time. And there's exceptions to every rule, of course, but especially for a band like ours, like coming from a punk underground world, it takes a lot of time. And if you want to see any level of success, you know. To, to have it be your job, mm-hmm. um, you got to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And we have. We've worked very, very hard the last 12 years. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know how we got to this. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Do do, uh, do you guys have like a, a dominant songwriter? Is like one of you guys that's like a dominant songwriter, or are you all kind of more contributing and and it's sort of a, a collaboration, more of a collaboration? It's definitely with our band a collaboration. Okay. Um, especially the last record we just finished was probably the most collaborative it's been. Um, in the past, we've had some, you know, one of the, it's, it's always different people too, but someone come with maybe the skeletal structure of a song. Yeah. And then everyone, you know, has suggestions and input and you craft it into what makes your band sound like your band. Yeah. Um, so to various degrees, that's always been there. But this last record, we really made a point to sit in the room together and build the songs from the ground up. So cool. that's cool. Yeah, there's there's advantages to that. There's huge disadvantages too if, if you're not in sync or if it's not happening. But um, yeah, I don't know. We, we've drifted on that spectrum quite a mm. bit. So probably comes as a maturity as a band too. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, early on you might just have a front front person that comes up with a set of lyrics and basic arrangement then you write guitar hooks, exactly I guitar think. hooks or whatever to accompany it but um yeah if you're all starting from scratch together it's a different mindset too yeah. you approach songwriting different that way um but yeah like i said before we all have strengths that have been um realized as time goes on so mm. we also lean into those strengths which i think is good yeah, you, know, you start to learn who's good at what, and yeah. Hmm. That comes back to that um, sort of business artistic side of things. Like you're leaving your management so- stuff up to your manager, who's obviously saying he's very organised and mm-hmm. all over that stuff. Yeah, and um, that's not one of those things of realising. Like maybe that's is better to leave to someone else. Like mm. you don't have to take everything on yourself. Oh, it's good now. When the band started, I was doing all the business side of it as well. Yeah, so. right. Okay. Yeah. Which works. I'm a pretty organized person too. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, after a few years and after things get a little bit crazier, it makes sense to hand it off. Got it. I can't got even to imagine that doing that now, like, yeah. especially to the degree that Kirk does it. He does it so well, so... Yeah, it's good. You, yeah, I think it's good to hand it off at some point. Yeah, yeah. there's a um, documentary on the police I watched years ago when they first started touring. Um, I think it was the first tour of the states they did. They hired a publicist and a booking agent, so someone to book the gigs. Promoter. Promoter. No. What did I say? I don't know. Publicist and a booking. No. Agent? I don't know. Anyway, was it a promoter? <laughs> two people. Two. Yes. <laughs> One to. Um, so it was them, like three of them in a van, plus uh, someone to book the shows and then someone to prom- promote them. Yeah, cool. So that their um, popularity is skyrocketed because you're giving those jobs to people. People that know to what do they're all, doing. Do what they do well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, even that happens they, too. Even if you break even, don't make money on a... On a oh, we did that for years. Yeah, so. <laughs> We're stoked if we broke even. But yeah. back then too, when we first started out, I was booking the shows as well, so... Sure. And then, like I said, eventually, 
mm. you have someone do that for you, yeah. which is good. There are mm. all the steps but, you need to take, I think. Yeah. Logistically now, I mean, you just did a European tour, you know, to yeah. book to, for, for you to, on top of playing, also booking shows in oh, Europe no, and trying no to book way. all over the world. I, I, I mean, could never, like, I mean, never do it. That no. would be too hard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to imagine. When you're a small band and, you know, we used to just play basements in the States and do house shows and... um it's a bit easier. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, <fair>. yeah. Uh, <laughs> could play at your house, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. cool. So last time we were talking about you were doing some soundtrack work as well, or you were getting into doing some soundtrack work. Yeah, it's I'm only dabbling in it, but <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I did a little short film for a friend uh, last year. It's not quite out yet, but it's close. Um, so I wrote all the music for that, performed it, and recorded it too. So wore many hats, but <clears throat> it was cool. That's from my friend David, who lives in London, and he's a really, really talented director. And this was his first kind of passion project. Um, he did a really good job, so it was fun. I learned a lot. Definitely learned a lot. Yeah, cool. Because so I was... We just um, had caught up, had coffee before we came and had came back to do this podcast. Mm. And I was saying, actually, just off the back of chatting last week about stuff, I've got into watching a whole bunch of videos from um, Spitfire Audio's YouTube channel. Mm. And they're generally about uh, Spitfire Audio do um, sample libraries, lots of strings and horns and orchestral stuff. And they do um, these interviews with um, TV and film arrangers and Mm. Um, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's kind of got me looking into that world a bit. Yeah, it's a great series. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's quite intriguing, I guess. It is. From, from, in, for myself. It's intriguing. I, it's yeah. tough, too. I know it's very, very competitive. Yeah. Um, the, the little things that I've done, I've just been lucky that friends have thrown some work my way which has been cool um but yeah i think it's tough to get i still can't decide if it's something i properly would like to pursue at some point Mm. or if i'm happy just kind of doing things once in a while for fun yeah get sort of that satisfaction from it i guess working with very strict deadlines that that could be something i guess much stricter deadlines than with band stuff oh for sure because uh, you have to have certain things done at certain times for soundtracks. Yeah. And it, I, I could see you doing um, soundtrack stuff. I, I love to. If there's anyone out there who wants uh, a very tall guy <laughs> to do soundtrack stuff, I'd love to. I, I Yeah, actually, I've been told a lot that the stuff I write is, yeah. is very sort of soundtrack kind of work. Yeah. And I'd love to do that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm very much into that. I love listening to soundtracks. I'm yeah. one of those silly people who buys soundtracks that I like from movies and actually yeah. listen to them. Same. Yeah, we talked about that the the unreleased the unreleased forgotten lost <laughs> podcasts about talked about Trent Reznor and Atticus Trent, Ross I love I'm, I'm a I, uh, was a huge Nine Inch Nails fan since the nineties it's cool and um yeah. I I I, the, uh, I mean it's it's one of the things I had it on uh, in the car and stuff I love listening to the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo I love that soundtrack and it's something like four six discs or something like that it's yeah. cra- it's like eight hours of music or something like that but it's great it's so yeah. good and just to have it as a soundtrack in the car because i saw the film before i realized who did the soundtrack yeah 
It's great. You know, like, it's a good, good movie too. It's like, oh yeah, of course. But <laughs> actually, it, have yeah. you ever seen the the original? I think it's a Swedish yeah, yeah, original I, movie. I think we did watch it. Um, with it's subtitled, oh, which is a bit always because it's a long yeah. movie. But the original one is better. It's yeah. a better movie. What was the soundtrack like? I can't remember. Was that I bit, don't we, remember that to tell you the truth. It's probably not as good as the yeah. the movie itself. I think is better. Yeah. But the um, the sound. I, 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 it's one of those when I watched that movie, I. I I noticed the music, yeah, and it made me. I didn't when I watched it because I watched it on TV. I didn't watch it in the cinema. I watched it on TV, yep, on SBS here in Australia, um, and and I didn't notice at the time that Trent Reznor did the soundtrack. I didn't knew it. I just listened to the music, and the music sort of stood out to me. And then I looked at the music, and then I went, "Oh, that's Trent Reznor." Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's 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 a really cool sound. I, I like anyway. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to do soundtrack stuff. That's something I've always, always enjoyed and always been into. Yeah, cool. And I think we were chatting about how that kind of came into the world of synths and modular too. Last week we were chatting about how, you know, obviously um, Nine Inch Nails and Trent have used it live too for a while. Yeah. He still does, yeah. Yeah. And how that, because at the moment, it's obviously exploding all the Eurorack stuff with everyone making cool stuff. Mm. And now it's things like Strymon and a couple other companies building guitar interfaces so mm-hmm. you can put your uh, guitar signal straight into Eurorack. Well, I think we were talking about it in the last podcast, not this last podcast, but the last podcast we did. Mm. Yes. That um, um, there's a podcast, another podcast I listen to called Why We Bleep. And yeah, it's I've this, heard of that. It's yeah. this guy. Um, I don't know what his actual name is, but he goes by the name of Mylar Melodies, and he's actually one of the in Europe one of the main Arturia um, demo guys. Oh, he's got a cool YouTube channel. He's too. got a really yeah. cool YouTube channel too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and he does like reviews of modular stuff. But he has a podcast now too. And he was talking with this one guy, um, something burns. He's like a an improvisational techno Eurorack live guy. Like he does, mm. but it's all improv. Like he doesn't. It's not preset. Nothing is preset. He cool. just improvises. Um, and they were talking about, I think, that Milo Melodies guy was saying, it was either two or three years ago, it was the first time he ever went to NAM, the big show, trade mm-hmm. show in America. Yeah. And when he went there, two or three years ago, the modular section was in one of the smaller halls because there's like, I don't know, five or six halls with, yeah. with stuff in one of the corners. And this year when he went, it was in the main hall right at the entrance as you walked in and it was a whole floor just about. So he said in two or three years, I don't remember if it was two or three years, yeah. um, it went, why does it keep bringing me? Nah, call me back. Um, it went from being in a small side, like it's a, just a small thing yeah. with a few exhibitors to it's being like, this huge thing now. It just yeah. absolutely exploded. It has too, I think. I don't know. It's the weird thing. It's been around for a while. And yeah. has has only really just exploded in the last couple of years. So it's cool to see. I can't decide if it's good or not, but it's probably good. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it's like any gear have trends. It's definitely a trend. I yeah. don't think it's a trend that will be this popular for yeah. a very, very long time. But I think there will always be people who do really cool stuff with it. Mm, for sure. I wonder, is there a reason why it has exploded? Has someone been using it more than in the, uh, in the spotlight? Dude, I think 
I think just the synth resurgence where synths in general, it's, general. It's just cool. It's a yeah. cool thing and people want in on cool things and um uh, I don't know, people make music in different ways than at least more people make music with synthesizers than let's say 10 years ago. You know, it's always been mm. there, but yeah. It, it's definitely a thing at the moment, which is good. I mean, I I love them, so I think it's cool. But again, I only got into it five years ago, probably. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> and maybe in five years, I'll hate since. I don't know. Does any of this stuff translate back into your band? For sure. There's actually, on this next record, I've always liked putting different layers of instrumentation on it. So I've always done a ton of percussion on records. Oh, yeah. um, I've done little keyboard things here and there. There's Rhodes. You don't have a full-time keyboard player there, do you? No. No, no. It's, no. it's just for accordions. Yeah, two yeah. guitars, bass, drums. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on this last record, I actually, there's a lot of synth layers. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So I used, I just sold it, but I had an Insonic ESQ-1, which is a really cool synth. It's digital oscillators, but it's got an analog filter on it. It's really cool. It sounds so nice. There's something special about it. Um, but you sold it. I did sell it. <laughs> I did. We That was on the last podcast too, but oh, that's right. I've been down, <laughs> downsizing my studio a little bit. Boo. Boo. Uh, <laughs> right, get out. Um, <laughs> I th- yeah, that's right. We were talking about how too much gear can be bad unless it's really like being useful. Being exactly. used, used, I guess. I I, sh- I should rephrase. I'm I'm downsizing, but for the purpose of. I want to use a few things that I really like to their greatest capacity, rather than have a whole bunch of stuff just, just that I use fifteen percent of. Yeah, and and to me, I, not only do I I think that's a bit wasteful, but also I I think I always have option paralysis with. Could this be better? Could the sound be better? Could I do something more with this? Should I be using this instead of this? Yeah. And I hate that. I It, it is. It's yeah. paralyzing, and then I don't get any work done. So my, my thing lately has just been, I'm going to make a really concise studio with gear I'm really familiar with that I can yeah. do a lot with um, and that I know the ins and outs so I can, yeah. if I want a sound, I know how to make that sound pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that- there's kind of a. Th- I've watched over the last few days a lot of these Spitfire audio um, interviews, the studio things. One of the common threads is they always check out the studio, check out their workflow, and they always ask them a question at the end, like, "What well, would you give yourself advice if you could go back ten years or fifteen mm-hmm. years ago?" And one of the things was that you don't need a lot of gear to make good music. Yeah, and that a lot of them go reminisce. A lot of guys reminisce saying. I remember when I had one Casio synth and I had to work hard to get all the sound, pull sounds out of it. Yeah. And now I have a tower of modular and a whole bunch of other synths or whatever it is or soft synths for, for days. Right. And I think there's some people that work well that way, that yeah. they can compartmentalize and be like, I always use the mini Moog. For this, yep. and I know I use it for that, so I'm okay only using it once a month, but it yeah. serves a purpose. Yeah, I'm not wired that way, so it would never work for me to have 50 cents, and I only use one of them every two years. 
I think it would do my head in. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, if it's. But I, I do. I have noticed with myself as well. It's. I do buy a lot of soft synthesizers and plugins and stuff, and I think it's an overload of choice where you, instead of actually working on what you're working on, you just go, oh, maybe this will sound better if we use that, and then you, and you go, oh, I'll try that one, and yeah. you have this too many options. I'm a bit like that with guitar effects at the moment, actually, because I um. Like, as much as I love it, the Ecolution, the Pigtronics delay, I think, mm-hmm. uh, it does heaps of stuff. It's stereo, it's MIDI, it's full things, and I use one tape delay setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it is yeah. like that, though, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I don't think I'll get rid of it, or I might u- utilize it differently in the studio. Maybe, maybe mix, like, audio, like, um, I don't know, like, mix through it. Yeah. Run audio through it to, to use the stereo side of things and just get an analog delay and stick it in the guitar loop. What you need is a Line 6 Echo Pro. Oh, <laughs> no, no anyone that has one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it's just it's it's this overkill of choice. Yeah. I think if you have too much choice, it, it is good. I was I was actually thinking because I, I I work a lot with a with a friend of mine. She's a she fantastic singer and she plays piano and we sort of write together and um we spent so much try, time on every little thing like we're both. Um, perfectionists and I think one of the things I just talked to her that we want to start doing is this thing where we lim- really limit yourself and go okay we have today we want to come up with the main part every, the, you know the, the main thing for a song it has to be done today um, uh, instead of doing this thing where you just after four months five months <laughs> you're still trying to oh I don't like this kick sound <laughs> yeah, five yeah. months later, I still don't like this kick sound. Uh, See, this is kick number six thousand five hundred fifty. <laughs> and when when you can accept the fact that anything you work on will never—I uh, shouldn't say this for me—I I will never ever be one hundred percent satisfied no. with any output I no, do. No. And if you can come to terms with that and just be like, it could always be better. Yeah. But at some point, you just say, "Cool, I'm going to be done with go. this and move on to something else." Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what nothing I need new. To... People talk about that all the time, but I think having a perfectionist mindset is helpful to get a good product, but it's dangerous too. And the fact yeah. that you know you probably are going to overthink about yeah. little things that no one's going to notice. And oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> it's that OCD of mine. Mm. Um, Thank you, yeah, Mum. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> uh, the way I actually met you is through, oh, yeah. through eBay, our, our good friend and lover eBay. Good friend and lover. Was it eBay or Gumtree? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know either. One or the other. Um, anyway, bought a pedal and um, with yourself and picked it up and started chatting. And I did notice, oh, there it is. Yes, it's still here. If you put your special glasses on, yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, did notice as a drummer and a keyboard player, you do own quite a few guitar pedals. Yeah. Yeah. So do you use them in mixing or run keys through them? Or I... All of the above. Well, now do you run drums through them? <laughs> well, I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to run drums through them now for sure. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I... I don't know, man. It's. I think it's tough. I think... I like using them like a lot of people do as effects processors. 
Yeah. Um, because yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fantastic guitarist, so I I'm never using them for that purpose. But yeah, I think more as a sound design tool. Mm. Um, I like to tinker with things. So, to be honest, they probably don't get used on on anything um, heavily. But yeah, I would say it's more just having fun with it. For for just pedals in particularly. Um, sure. There's a um, um, Joe Barisi, the mix, mix engineer. Mm-hmm. He talks as talks about a guitar pedals as the cheapest form of inspiration. He Which can, is true. Uh, yeah. You can run like, reamp vocals through them, drums through them, yeah, bass through them, um, DI guitars from obviously things like that, and that uh, a tube screamer on a room mic could be just like. Man, that's it. And and I got to say, what we did, that little experiment with the drums, was probably the most inspired I've ever done <laughs> by pedals, yeah. ever. So I, I'm not just saying uh-huh. that. It was, it was fun. Um, Come to the dark side. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's because I got to approach it from the instrument that I'm most familiar with, which is drums. Sure. And you yeah. don't usually think of drums and guitar pedals going together. So no. I don't know. And with that... I mean, that was sort of the idea behind the whole part with this, because we're doing a whole series of it, and we sort of approached um, Gabriel the um, uh, what's it, Zorg Zorg effects. Mm. We kind of approached him because someone messaged us and said he makes a pedal like that. And um, I mean, that's the whole idea behind this video series is giving the control to the performer in a studio situation, or I mean, live situation technically yeah, too. But yeah. I mean, in a studio situation, you tend to, especially as a drummer, I guess you can probably ask. Whoever sits in the, in the in the console like in a room here, control. Uh, control room, you can say, "Oh, can I have some delay on that? Or can I have some reverb on that? Or can I have some?" And but it's still the engineer, whoever it is, controlling the effect. This gives it to you in real time as you're sitting there. Exactly. Um, and, and and you perform to it as opposed to, uh, I mean, you can have the control of it. You can go and you can record it, go into the control room, and then add plugins to it. But this way, you perform to the effect. So right. the effect isn't added later, and that's the whole the whole idea behind it. And it, it worked so well. Like it I, did work well. Yeah. And when you approach me with that kind of like that live feedback, where you're playing off of the pedal, in my head I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. But that's mm. exactly what ended up happening, which mm. was cool. Mm. I think going back to what you said, I think it even goes further than than being in in the live room because typically with drums you don't even think about effects mm. until no. post-processing and yeah. mixing and stuff so this this flips that on its head entirely and i think yeah. that's what i thought was so cool about it yeah it's um especially with um kind of unpredictability of the synth and filter yeah. effects yeah. it's definitely unpredictable and and it becomes that performance. Well, it's and it was the whole thing with that as well, that, that it's it's it behaved completely different in the mics where it's spilled from like the hi-hats or mm. um, the overhead mics. And, you know, it, it there was all this spill going on and it behaved completely different and yeah. it made all this... It was, I, I, and was, I thought it was excellent. It's probably going to be different if you have like a brass snare instead of a deep timber snare. For sure. And if you use a, 
and not a gigantically stupid kick drum, stupidly <laughs> humongous kick drum, <laughs> or, um, which you, sounded really good actually. Yeah, by the way, it's fun. <laughs> but say if you use, I don't know, like, like a shaker or a maraca instead of hats, like that could be cool to get filter things. Yeah, and percussion. Percussion. Is, yeah, I was thinking you could have run that on percussion. It would be quite interesting to see what it sounds like as well. There was one thing you did from memory last week where you're playing a groove with the snares off, snare wires flicked off, and it was like a, a almost timbale kind of mm-hmm. like rim shot thing with the floor toms kind of this yeah. melody percussion thing. So Yeah, because we were catching the reverb. That's right. That's reverb um, and I was trying, well, very successfully, but <laughs> to get different pitches on the snare. Um, by pressing my elbow into the snare to make it a little bit melodic. That actually it sounded really, really good. That was with the freeze. Yeah. That sounded really, thing. really cool. Mm. See, and that's just one application where you might, I mean, that's that's nothing groundbreaking. A lot of people do that. But I think it, it's just a way I w- I'd thought just reacting to the pedal, oh, this would be a good thing to try pitching yeah. the snare, you know, like. Mm. Cool. It yeah. had this cool, nice sort of ambient. It was almost like there was a synth pad behind you playing, right. but it was in tune with the drums, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was great. Um, I really wanted to bring the, the hog, which is the like the the mm. daddy of the freeze, but I couldn't find a power supply, and it's an odd power supply. So yeah, it runs on um, three phase steam power. Or something. Uh, u- unicorn poo. <laughs> oh, <unicorn. laughs> uh, yeah. So my kids are now that you've been all inspired with the. <laughs> Guitar pedal thing. Yeah. Um, I know that you're about to build your uh, home studio. Yeah. Because yeah. Studio is a strong know. word. It's going to be a garage a that I make into a studio, a very <laughs> small studio. But yeah, I'm, I'm basically, I'm going to build the whole thing around me being able to track my drum kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, find a versatile way to do it where same time i'm not disturbing the neighbors too much but i can still get a nice not nice but modest room sound um so yeah it's a lot of things to juggle but it's gonna be cool and yes i know what you're gonna ask i am going to work in this pedal thing and i'm not even kidding about that i'm i think yeah i might try to do a little project around this um see how we go yeah cool um, we'll make more and more people join the dark side. <laughs> so if that company steel. is listening, Thanks. I'd love one of those pedals. <laughs> no pressure. Without kind of intentional, this kind of whole thing's become an advertisement for um, Zorg. For Zorg, yeah. Zorg but I mean, he was he was he was really nice, yeah, and he sent it out. Great. It's a cool pedal. And it's it, it seems like it's really good quality. Yeah. I mean, there are other manufacturers that make similar things. I know Eventide make a thing that's similar to that. And I know there is, oh, there's another brand that makes a similar, oh, um, Pictronics, I think. I think oh, it was called, the, yes. was it called the Keymaster or something like yes, that? Yes, I think I know. Um, um, so there's a couple of companies that make that sort of stuff, but um, it's good quality. It's small. The only mm. thing maybe I would like to see on it is a wet mm. dry mix. Mm-hmm. But That'd other than awesome. that, it's, I think it's killer. It's a great pedal, good quality, super nice dude. Yep. It's a small company too, so you're not, you know, I mean, even Tide is huge. Yeah. Um, they don't need <laughs> the extra, you know, yeah. extra few sales. But um, yeah. It's cool. It's a cool pedal. Yeah, it's been fun. And his other pedal, the small bass start, which is over there, it's another really cool pedal as well. And hopefully we'll get to explore a few more of yeah. these pedals. 
I think I mentioned this last week in the, in the disappearing podcast, but um, <laughs> disappearing. It's um, I actually saw saw them at a tra- uh, guitar show in Paris last year. Yeah, that's right. You did mention that. And um, and yeah, oh, they look cool, and they're kind of wandering through the few different rooms with a whole bunch of boutique guitar builders and luthiers. And he actually asked if you're going to be there again this year. I wish because he, um, I think it's coming up soon again. Yeah, because um, you know the memory things on Facebook mm-hmm. one year ago. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, them. The um, uh, Zoe's came up today that we're in an airport in Amsterdam one year wow. ago today. So oh, would have been two weeks time a year ago in Paris. No, yeah, three weeks. That year flew by. Time flies. Yeah. When you're having fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, buy Zork pedals, that's all <laughs> I can say. Yeah. Um, it was actually cool. Uh, we do. Uh, maybe have a little bit of an influence on, on, on some of this, you know, sales and stuff. Cause I just know a good friend of mine, Damien Young, mm. um, who runs uh, pony music down in, in Melbourne, which is a studio and a shop. And I think he's more the studio side of things. Um, they just got a whole bunch of Mostronic stuff. Cool. And I think partially that was possibly because of us. <laughs> so, you know, it's good. That's it's great. Cool. Great to see that, that, we may have a little bit of influence. <laughs> Occasionally. On Occasionally one. on one or two people. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, um, cool. Like like everything, even though um, there's so much stuff out there now, like whether it's guitars or effects oh, oh, or gear, microphones. Gear, there's ridiculous amounts of gear out there. Like, I think even like the, the videos I love about guitar gear is the TC ones because they're like, they openly talk about like, like um, Zane Tor. He has he him himself has all this other stuff like mm. boss pedals and mm. all this other stuff that mm. he loves. But he's there promoting TC. Mm. Yeah, he lives in the real world and the pedal Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> and lives in the real world. That even though he's trying to um, do his job and sell TC pedals, you know it's great yeah. if you have one or two. But then yeah. also buy one or two of these ones, and then some of this other stuff that actually helps you make music and. I mean, that's good, too, because that's how people actually make music. Yeah. No one's buying exclusively one brand of it. <laughs> Come on. And if they are, you don't trust them. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, sorry, a completely different thing, but uh, the Tim, there was Tim from the music shop trying to call oh, me yeah. a couple times, and they are putting on, they want to put on a pedal night and see Do if they? they wanted to be involved uh, with Simon Gardner, who actually is a guy who I want to have on the podcast as well. Cool. Do you know Simon? No, I yeah. Freak guitar player. Anyway, so that's just something completely different. Uh, back to gear. Now, should come along, do Yeah, you should. Oh, yeah, we should do. Yeah, live drums. With some modular stuff. Oh, <laughs> like man. A, like, have that. Sweet. <laughs> we'll play your whole studio comp the music show. Just, yeah, uh, bring the studio down. <laughs> so, with, when you guys, when you guys, just talking back, going back to gear, when you guys go in a studio and record, right? Because I guess you do all that in the States. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, is. Especially with you living here, not with taking gear over there, and and is 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 silly equipment like pedals and is things like outboard gear and stuff like that. Is that uh, what am I trying to say? When you're recording and writing songs, is all that stuff? Do you write because of these things, or is it with your? I, I, in all honesty, I haven't really listened to. Your band before? Oh, how dare you! <laughs> uh, I know, I know. <laughs> no, but when you write music, is it is it 
because I mean, I, with me, for example, it's probably an odd question, but just to, to try to work out. So when I write music, quite often, if I just sit there with a guitar, uh, I'm never happy with what comes out of it because I always go, oh, that sounds like that, that sounds like that. For me, when I write stuff, the equipment is very important. I tend to write, I put an effect on, and the effect makes me write s- certain things. Mm-hmm. So when you guys write stuff, is that something that do you are you an effects heavy band or you're more of a straightforward band or um, is, uh, is gear something that influences your your writing? For some of us, it does. Yes. Okay. Um, and and I think it depends on the record that we're doing. I think it depends on where we are as a band, um, how we're writing the songs. Um, dude, that, that's a multi layered. <laughs> question so i'm not gonna have a great answer for you no no the, the, no it's, it's, personally, it's a silly question too but it, it's just, that's, that's just for me legit, for, for example when when i'm when i'm writing with the band I, i'm a very production um conscious is it conscious yeah that's a good word for it yeah i'm always thinking about that so okay. I, i'm i'm thinking about how we'll approach it in the studio what other timbres i'd like to see on this um but that's me and that's kind of my role in the band where some of the other guys that i think they don't they don't look to that part yet which is good because if we were all doing that it'd be a mess and and i think some people need it's important to focus on the chord you're playing or you know the different parts to the song I'm not giving a good answer, but so, but truly i think yes and no so as in this thing i i i think a lot of people Call it sort of using the studio almost as an instrument, if you know what I mean. So yep. instead of you just you're a band, you're just using the studio to record right. what you wrote. Is you actually utilize the studio as an instrument? So in that case, I'll say this: when we're writing, I am thinking about that stuff already. Yep. Yeah. But we're not writing with all of those things in place yet. Then when we get to the studio, me and Will and the rest of the guys will figure out the best way to get that done and then we start using the studio okay as the instrument so it, okay. it takes stages i mean I, I think there there are bands that write in the studio and i think you know especially bands that produce their own stuff in their home studio yeah and i guarantee that they're probably doing that from the start yeah but not every band does it. I, I think that's probably more rare than more uncommon okay to from the start do that um, at least with with rock music. Okay, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. obviously when I'm writing stuff on my own in my studio, I'm doing production from the beginning. Yeah. But it's a different beast. It truly yeah. is. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, just I don't know, I just thought I'd ask because it's it's but I guess I'm 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 a bit different generally. <laughs> we talked about that once before, but um just like like uh, in society in general. In society yeah, in general. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Socially? I'm, I'm socially, yeah. Well, <laughs> no. let's, not go, let's not go too carried away. But <laughs> it looks, I think it, smell. It looks, <laughs> no, no but you're obviously very um, texture and effects driven. See, with me, with me sound, it's, it's... Sounds in general. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like to me, it's, it's all... Um, and to me, it's about a huge thing for me with writing um is about it's about the the feel of it like mm-hmm. what does it feel like um, um and i do tend to i do tend to approach writing 
but I guess it, that's part of me. I do have my home studio as well, and I do it hmm. at home. And I, I do. It starts with the production side. That's sort of where it starts with. It starts right. more with a production idea almost, and then the song is fit into the production idea. Sure, and I, I think to some degree that also might because you're composing it yourself. Yeah. Uh, sure, I think yeah. that kind it's of not a band. Sure, it's not a band. That's what I mean. It's, yeah. it's with a band. Uh, I haven't worked in a band environment for like a, a creative band environment. That's not a cover band right. um, for quite a long time. And I know when we used to, when I used to, um, I mean, this is back in the nineties. Um, we would. It was a very, very much a like a collaborative thing, and it was we, we never thought about the production side of things. Mm. Yeah. Um, but as in the more I start doing it myself the more I start thinking more about the production thing. Yeah. That's why I just wanted to know, like... Well, and certain songs lend themselves hmm. to thinking about production even more. Yeah. Um, especially with our band, we're kind of all over the place on on the spectrum of, like, variations of songs, and we've got some pretty chilled-out stuff and some really heavy stuff. So... On a heavy song, there's going to be a lot less sprinkled yeah. production. Yeah. But on a really laid back, moodier song, I'll probably layer it with a lot of other stuff. So, yeah. especially this last record we did, there's, it's all over the place, and yeah, some songs are very production heavy, um, and others aren't. They're just rock songs. So you know, I don't know. It it de- it depends always. Yeah. But is it something that was sort of conscious at the time that that you like we we're going oh let's let's try and make this a sort of bigger sounding album and putting synth stuff on yeah, oh yeah for sure so that was before you even started. that was before okay yeah. all right, sure, right. yeah yeah so it was interesting i just find it interesting to how different people approach writing and because yeah. i mean it's such a anything creative it's such an individual thing mm-hmm. um and i guess if you work if you've been especially with you guys have been together for a long time um you start almost thinking like one person almost you know you have yeah. you know what everyone thinks you can predict what you can one. predict what the other one person says you can and you, you got to find a balance because everyone's got a different opinion and different tastes on things but i think you learn where to let things be when pick your battles where you need to mm. um I'm making it sound like in my band fights a lot we don't have <laughs> actually a very tame group of people <laughs> but I, I think you know there's there's a balance where you need to um Make sure everyone digs it and make compromises where. So are you guys yeah. like a like a full democracy where if one person doesn't like something, it's not happening? Or I think for the most part, yeah. I, I know that you you know if something if maybe you're not fully into something, but you know it's for the best. Um, yeah. People might let things okay. go. Um, but yeah, it's just part of. Man, I think some people say it gets easier the longer you're a band. To kind of, <laughs> I, man, doesn't. I think it's harder. I think every record we've done has been more difficult and more difficult and more difficult. And yeah, I don't know. I can't decide if it's because we're getting better or worse or older, older. or all of the above. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I think older makes makes it different too because you, you become much more. I mean, I'm the old fart here. Um, you know, forties just around the corner, um, but I, you get more set in your ways, I guess. The older you get, yeah, that's true. Um, it's it, I, yeah. 
He says um, with a tear in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 40. I never thought I'd be that old. Yeah. That's how maths works. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so actually, probably by the time this podcast is out, I'll be 40. Wow. When's your birthday? Sunday. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, so on Saturday. Oh, I shoot the 22nd. Yes. That's cool. And Mark Williams is the 24th. Yeah. It's, all the cool people are born late September. Are they? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. That is funny. <laughs> I found out you. I would have changed my birthday. No, that doesn't matter. Would you have? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, should we call it a day? Sounds good. Make some, um, make some more sounds. Make some more drum, drum noises with cool effects. Well, yeah. thank, you, thank you so much for being on a podcast yet again. You're very yes. welcome. For Thanks the second for having time. Me. And yeah, maybe we should do... If, I mean, if you want to, we'll, with this pedal night, maybe we should do something like that and maybe get a saxophone and stuff as well, like a drums and like, cool. do something mm. a bit quirky. Definitely into it. Um, I mean, if you're interested in doing that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. So if you're living in the Sunshine Coast area, there may be a pedal night coming up. Yes. With some interesting things happening. <laughs> and a really, 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 really ridiculously good guitar player. Called Simon Gardner. Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak, that man. He's a phenomenal yeah. player. Anyway, uh, on that note, so thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, well, what's the spiel at the end usually? Oh, yeah, subscribe. <laughs> Check out all the social media stuff. Two things. Um, I'll put up links to Brad's band as well, to social media stuff. Um, and so is it late this year or early next year the record's supposed to be out? Early next year. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have cool. a name for the new album? We do, but it's a secret right now. But uh, yeah, it will. That's a long bread title. Yeah. It's do, but if right. it's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, my bandmates are gonna kill me. Oh no. <laughs> no, that that stuff will all be revealed. <laughs> we do, but it's a secret, don't we? That's that's yeah. Yeah, that would work. Um. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much, everyone. Um, don't forget the Gypsy Haze. God, my brain doesn't work. The Gypsy Haze giveaway. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. There's a video there called Gypsy Haze Giveaway. That's got all the information on yeah. how to enter. But you pretty much just share um, the post about it on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and every time you share, you get an entry. You can share as often as you like. Tag as many friends as you like, which you should. That's the whole point. Uh, and also leave us a review on iTunes. And if you leave us a good review, and or at least a... Uh, not a bad review let's just say if you don't leave us a bad <laughs> review you will get an entry in the draw as well which will happen we're probably going to do a live stream yeah. I'd say we're going to do a live stream when we do the draw early October the first few days of October so yes thank you so much and uh, um, yes till next time till next time cue music <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>